Father in heaven, we just thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Father, for your mercy, for your goodness, for your kindness in our lives. We just worship you, Father. We give you glory. We give you honor. Father, even as the days go by, O oh Lord, even as we are here in your presence and we continue to meditate upon your word, Father, I pray, Lord, that this, these days, O oh Lord, will just not be acquiring knowledge, but, Lord, that your life, Father, will be man- made manifest in us, O oh Lord. Even as we receive and accept your word by faith. For you said, O oh Lord, your words are spirit and life. And that your word is living. And this morning, Father, I pray that, Lord, that you would not speak to our hearts once again. Let faith arise, empower us, exhort us, rebuke us, chastise us. Father, challenge us, equip us, and strengthen us. For there is no other strength we have, Father, apart from feeding on your word. It is your word that makes us strong. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every living word that comes from the mouth of God. And this morning I pray, Lord, we will, Father, partake of life from your throne. Therefore, speak to our hearts, strengthen us, and let faith arise. Father, fill us with your spirit, even as we, Father, by faith, listen to your word. We thank you, we praise you. For in Jesus' name, Amen. So, this morning, once again, we go back to the study of God's word. And, uh, can you just one week to give me a minute? Let's see. So we are here in the midst of a of a pandemic, of a plague, on a rampage across the nations and even in our own country. The news gets more and more grim as every day progresses. So much of uncertainty, so many doubts, so many questions, so many false alarms. So much of fear. But we as God's people, God has spoken to us through his word. And he has told us, man, that he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control and of a sound mind. So this morning, we will not fear, but it is only the word of God which strengthens us, empowers us, and emboldens us. Therefore, we will go back to the word of God because his word says that his word is forever settled in the heavens. He is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And therefore, this morning, let us continue to be in that attitude. We heard the message last night. Question is, we might have enjoyed it. We might have even understood it. But has it become a part of us? You know, at least we in our church, we heard uh, those pa- parts of that message so many times. You now we said, oh yeah, that is familiar to me. It's very easy for us to say, oh, that is familiar to me. That is, that is, I can, I understand that. But you know, really, did we really, really make it a part of us? Has it become a pattern in our own life? 
Isn't it interesting That's, that uh, David says in First Chronicles chapter 14, we don't have to turn there, it, say, it says that he admonishes the Levites saying that, you know, when we brought the ark for the first time, we didn't do it according to the word, we didn't t- uh, do it according to God's order. You know, it's very interesting, right? If there's an order in the kingdom of God. And God is a God of order, not of confusion. There's absolutely no confusion with God. It's very important for us to understand that. Okay, God is a God of order. And therefore, so every message that we hear and we continue to hear these coming days that God has given us in such an awesome way, let us just not hear, let us just not enjoy, let us just not appreciate, but let us ask God that let it become a part of me, part of us. And then, of course, we are looking at so many patterns in the Old Testament. So the scripture that I want to look at first this morning is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11 and 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 11 and 12. Very familiar. We know it very well. Now, all these things happen to them as examples. And of course, this is this particular uh, passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 is talking about the children of Israel in the wilderness. He's talking about their wilderness journeys and Paul is summarizing um, uh, the wilderness journeys in a spiritual order. Of course, we're not going to go into that order today, but there is a spiritual order. Now, all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Now, it's very interesting that um, the children of Israel escaped the plagues in Egypt. At least after the third plague, we know that from the plague of, after the plague of the frogs, from the plague of lies until the plague of the firstborn, you see that God makes a distinction between Israel and Egypt and Israel, the children of Israel enjoy a particular protection. They are saved from the plagues of Egypt. But the ironic thing is, they're saved by God from the plagues of Egypt, and then He brings them to to um, Mas, sorry, Mara, and He says, "If you follow My precepts, uh, none of the plagues that have uh, that have plain, that have that have caused the Egyptians to be plagued with, I will cause them to come on you. And for I am the God who heals you. That's what He tells them. But ironically, you will see that every time they rebel in the wilderness, God sends a plague and destroys them." Okay, so it's it's remarkable that God who saved them from plagues in the land of Egypt brings them into the wilderness and destroys them again with plagues. Because we are, I mean, we're putting all this in context because, you know, this is the time that we start, how to put a study on plagues maybe, I don't know, plagues in the Bible. Okay, so... It's, 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 therefore, it's, it says, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11 and 12, it says, Now all these things have happened to them as examples, and as written for our admonition. And Jude also, you don't have to turn there, Jude also will say, you know, um, God having saved his people from Egypt, destroyed them in the wilderness. Remarkable. The same God, yesterday and today and, today and forever. Okay. God has saved us from sin, God has to save us from himself too. Okay. It's very important for us to understand that. We don't take anything, any of these things lightly. And then therefore he says, this, they, have, they have been written for our example and is written for our admonition. You know what the word admonition actually means? Cautionary warning. Okay. Okay. Aage, trouble hai. 
अगर इफ यू डोंट गो इफ यू डोंट फॉलो दिस ट्रेजेक्ट्री देर इज ट्रबल अहेड ऑफ यू बी वेरी केयरफुल Okay, cautionary warning, cautionary admonition. That's what it means. Exhortation or admonition. It's essentially meaning a cautionary. It's what we call as a warning, a stern warning. And it is written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages has come. And therefore, verse twelve will say, "Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall." So we are all vulnerable. See, whenever you read these passages in the Bible, we should not think that you know we we are exempt from it. especially people who preach the word and also people who listen to anointed word the greater your, your i mean every time you read the word and listen to the word and you get new revelation you understand a new truth and you're given a new truth your responsibility is only increasing day by day okay he who knew the master's will and he did not know uh, do it he was beaten by more stripes okay and he who did not know was beaten by few stripes so it's better and safer to know very less and i mean <laughs> it is more dangerous to know a lot and not do it right it's it's so so the responsibility keeps on increasing so and and therefore we understood there's one attitude that we should always continue to remain in is what we call as the attitude of humility we understood that yesterday and therefore look at and god gives what grace to the humble but he resists the proud he's against the proud Okay, but he gives grace to the humble. So this morning, let's turn to another verse, Titus chapter two, verse verses eleven and twelve. Four, and if you have the NIV, it'll be great. Okay, Titus chapter two, verse eleven and twelve, and I and I like to read it from the NIV. Verse eleven says, "For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people." Okay. Verses eleven and twelve in NIV. Okay, it teaches us to say what? No. What does the grace of God do? It teaches us. The question is, one of the things that we know that we have understood the grace of God and we have appropriated the grace of God is what we call as we have a teachable spirit. Okay, we we are teachable. We are malleable. we can be molded our thoughts and our and our and our uh, and our imaginations can be aligned can be can be molded that's a very very important thing that we need to we have a sensitivity towards spiritual things okay for the grace of god has appeared that offers salvation to all people it teaches us to say no okay what does the grace of god make us do it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions first it teaches us to stay no to certain things and to live self controlled upright and godly lives in this present age and then and was 13 while we wait for the blessed hope the appearing of glory of the glory of our great god and savior jesus christ so while we are waiting what is the grace of god doing it is teaching us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and is also teaching us to live self controlled upright and godly lives that is what what the grace of god is 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 doing it's it's making i mean hopefully if you are teachable if you are teachable it teaches us to say no and for example for us for us to say no we need to know what is ungodly and what is worldly Okay, and another thing. Yesterday we looked at this. This, uh, this also Hebrews chapter twelve verses twenty eight and twenty nine. 
and if you have uh, the normal NKJV. Okay, look at, look at what it says. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace. Actually, and I will use the word, let us be thankful, but I am not going to do, go there. Let us have grace, okay, by which we may serve God. How? Acceptably. First thing you need to serve God acceptably. It's just not important to serve God. Oh, I'm just serving God. That's exactly what David thought. I'm serving God. I'm worshipping God. Serving God and worshipping God. We know that they're used interchangeably in the Bible. In the, at, least, at least in the in the Old Covenant. It comes from the same Hebrew word, Abad. Okay. So, serving God is not important. Serving God acceptably is important. That means according to the pattern that he has shown, we have to serve him. That is acceptable. That is the reason why you don't have to turn there. Romans chapter 12, he says, that which is, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed to the pattern. There's a pattern in the world that is a Philistine pattern. We just looked at that last time. Is to bring the cart in on a, on a, on a, I'm sorry, bring the tabernacle on a, on a cart. That is not God's order. The God's, God's order. The world might do it. Just because the world, people in the world have done it, it doesn't mean that we should appropriate that. There is a particular order that God's children... See, why did God already punish the Philistines, right? Remember, God punished the Philistines because of placing their temple, uh, placing the ark in their, in, their, in their temple. And then what happens is that um, those Philistines are plagued and then they said, okay, fine, we'll have to send back this uh, ark back to Israel. How do we do it? So they put it in a, in a cart... And they send it, and they say, if the cart doesn't, I mean, if the uh, if the cows don't look back and go straight into the Israel territory, then that means what? God has done it. That uh, God of Israel is angry with us, and if he's going straight, that means he will he has forgiven us. All right. So what has what happens? It goes straight to Israel territory. But you know what? How the ark has to be carried is not given to the Philistines. You understand? The, how the ark has, has been carried has been given to the church, to, to Israel. So, God does not punish them for taking the ark the way they actually took it. He doesn't say, you know what, it is written in the law. They don't know the law. But when the Israelites do it, he kills close to 70,000, I mean 50,000 50, huh? 50, 50, men are dead because they are, they, they are supposed to know. And you do not know it. And God says, sorry, you are my people. I'm, I'm going to be more severe on you. So God, that is the reason why God is severe with his people. Don't ever think that God is, the more you know about God, the more stuff he will, he will judge us. Therefore, let us serve God acceptably. Second, he says, with reverence. Or with modesty. You know? That it's very important for us to be, be, we may, in other words, like Pastor says, that we, when we serve God, we do not, modesty means, you know what modesty means? Don't attract attention to yourself. How do we serve God? Acceptably first, that means according to the pattern that he has shown. And then secondly, we serve God with modesty means we don't attract what, see how much I'm doing for the Lord, no? Modesty. Nobody even knew, like, like for example, uh, Jesus was to come, he's to heal the people, and he would just disappear. Nobody would know. Who healed you? I don't know. Okay. He comes to the pool at Bethesda. He heals that guy. Nobody knows. He just disappears from that. Who healed you? We don't know. 
he would never ever attract attention to himself. Amazing, isn't it? Modesty. That is the reason why it says, there was no beauty in him that we should desire him, it says in Isaiah chapter 53. Very, very unassuming guy. Not very difficult to find people, even in Christendom, who, yes, they may be serving God acceptably, but do they serve with modesty? 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 9, it talks about a, if you have the KJV, it's very interesting. Okay, in, in KJV is fine. Okay, I, in like manner, uh, in like manner are also the women adorn themselves with modest apparel. That's what it, the word for um, uh, uh, reverence means actually, modesty, modesty. Don't attract attention to yourself. Like pastor was saying, no? Don't attract, don't distract, mi- Give God only the complete attention. It's very important for us to understand. Therefore, acceptably, okay, so there's a pattern that God has given us. Second, with modesty, okay, don't attract attention to yourself. Don't say, I'm doing it. No glory. Jesus refused to take glory. John's Gospel, chapter 7, verse 11 and 12. You know it. It's looked at so many times. Uh, Sorry, just give me a minute. Just a second, please. I'll tell you the exact verse. Um, <clears throat> John's Gospel, chapter 7, verse 17. Sorry, 17. If anyone wills, 17 and 18, okay? If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine whether it is from God or whether I speak of my own authority. Then he says, he who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true and no unrighteousness is in him. He is not seeking his glory. He is seeking the glory of the one who sent him. And who, whom, whom are we sent? Who, uh, by whom are we sent? We are sent by Jesus. And therefore whose glory do we do we uh, seek for? We seek for the glory that comes from. That is the reason why this modesty is important. What does modesty mean? You are not attracting attention to you. Meaning what? You always want to seek the glory of God. Like pastor says, there is an Order in the church. See, acceptably means order. And order brings glory to God. Why? For a man, for a man to prophesy and, 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 and preach in the church, he should have his head uncovered because his head is who? Christ. So that when he preaches or prophesies, the glory belongs to Christ. That means he is under the headship of Christ. When a woman preaches or prophesies, she has to have her head covered because her glory is man and man should not get the glory and therefore... And therefore, when she covers her head, she still brings glory to God, to Christ, because she is reflecting all the glory, attention from herself to God. You see? Therefore, order has to bring not attention to yourself, but attention to God. If anyone wills to do his will, okay, then he will know whether I speak the true or whether I speak the false. And how do I know that my will is to do his will when I do not seek my glory, but I seek the glory of the one who has sent me. And therefore, this is something which we need to all of us ask and say, pray Lord, Lord, give me the grace that I will, I will have the attitude because you see, drawing attention to ourselves is one of the one of the very, very dangerous things. Now, it's there. Now, of course, in this generation, everybody has a blog. Everybody has an opinion. And everybody wants to be liked or not liked. 
not like no i don't think anybody is like that not like how many likes do i have how many views when these are all numbers like for example pastor was saying yesterday numbers is a big thing we are all statistics people my father used to say all stats stats lie <laughs> you see as an element of truth but most of it is speculation okay so so first first thing therefore serve him acceptably serve him reverently and serve him how thirdly with what fear godly fear you know what is called circumspectly don't serve him acceptably serve him modestly and serve him circumspectly meaning don't be too sure be very 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 careful when you're going into the presence of god you know that is the reason why in timothy he says the guy who's be who's being called to be an elder in the church should not be a recent convert otherwise he'll fall into the water the devil he will be puffed up with pride and will be and he'll fall in the snare of the devil because you know why because he thinks he knows everything there's no circumspection in his life circumspection means very clear i mean he's, there is there is uh, always an element of don't be too sure because this this is an attitude which we keep on practicing and, and what, unfortunately so many young people are so flippant with their mouth when they do worship okay they speak anything that comes to their mind be very careful very very careful so three things acceptably reverently and circumspectly why was 29 for our god is a consuming fire so in order to serve god acceptably reverently or modestly and circumspectly what should we have we should have what grace okay we should have an attitude of humility we should have grace that is the reason why god gives grace to the humble but he resists the proud understand that everybody so this morning you know we are understanding ways as to how we have grace so that we can serve god acceptably reverently circumspectly okay let's turn to this morning for our meditation to numbers chapter 25 numbers chapter 25 let's read from verse 1 onwards okay the entire chapter today <clears throat> now israel remained in acacia grove or shitem it says in uh, other translations and the people began to commit harlotry with the woman of moab let let me think, put this into perspective okay israel recently very recently ha- happened two things happened with the children of israel first the first thing that happened was they fought a war with bashan oh, sorry uh, bashan king of heshbon Uh, sorry sihon king of heshbon sihon king of heshbon and og king of bashan okay sihon king of heshbon and og king of bashan they they fought with them they asked you know god to give them victory and god gave them a tremendous victory they tasted victory second thing after they uh, defeat uh, sihon and uh, og um, they capture their territory and uh, the rubenites and gadites and half the tribe of manasseh are really uh, they are 
they are enamored by the land that they see and they have a lot of flock, a lot of, lot of things and they say they already made up their mind. This is going to be our place. They want to settle down there. Very careful, okay? <laughs> then, to add to that, oblivious to uh, to them when they are settled down in that place in Shittim, Balak sends for Balaam. Okay. Balak sends for Balaam and he says, curse Israel for me. Let's look at Numbers chapter 22 verses 5 to 7 and we'll come back to Numbers chapter 25 again. Then he sent messengers to Balaam, the son of Beor, at Pethor, which is near the river in the land of sons of, uh, land of the sons of his people, to call him saying, look, a people has come from Egypt. See, they cover the face of the earth and are settling next to me. Okay. Therefore, please come at once curse the people for me, for they are too mighty for me, perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them out. So this the whole idea is, I know that this war is not physical. This war is spiritual. Okay. okay. Use your divinations. Okay. Curse these people for me. Perhaps I will be able to defeat them. Okay. For, because I know whomever you bless is blessed. And whomever you curse is cursed. You know, you know the story that the elders of Moab go and they bribe Balaam. Now that is the context in which this is happening. And now you know when Balaam comes, when he's opening his mouth in different, different, you know, points of view. Every point of view is, he goes to this part of the mountain to see if there, if he can find any, but anything in Israel or in Jacob. I cannot find any iniquity in Jacob. There cannot be any divination against the children of God. Everything. Now, see, the Satan is trying his level best to use witchcraft and sorcery and all kinds of things to bring defeat into the children of Israel. But, not possible. I remember, uh, one preacher, long time back, I was, I heard him, no? Um, he, uh, he, there was a guide who, who took him to the Golconda Fort. How many of you went to Golconda Fort? Okay, you went to Golconda, Golconda Fort, right? So, uh, the fort is there, and, uh, the fort is constructed in a way, it is an impregnable fort. Supposed to be, and the guide, you know, he starts, Hamara, both katarnak hai, ye hai, wo hai, and, uh, the, the walls are so thick, it's an impregnable wall, the, the fort is so huge, and, etc., etc., et in order to communicate, they, you can, you have to do this clap, you know? Yeah, you do the clap thing, and then the people there will hear, and you can warn if the enemy is coming, and because your position at your vantage point is at such a height, you can easily, uh, you'll have always an advantageous position to defeat the enemy. Okay, and it is an impregnable wall. You can do all things that, I mean, every plot, every plan, military strategy to bring this fort down will not come to pass. Okay, so that this is a tour guide, no? The guide is going crazy, crazy, crazy. And then uh, the one of the people, who know, I think was the pastor. Okay, so who's guarding? The sentries are guarding. What if I bribe the sentry? What happens if you bribe the sentry? They'll come in. You remember the Trojan horse? <laughs> Troy is impregnable. <laughs> so what do they what do they do? They use deception. And what happens? They bring the Trojan war and they break the defenses from inside, and then the curse of God comes. You see. The plague comes. 
So, so this enemy is trying his level best to do it. But you know what he says? The one strategy I can always try with God's people is what? Deception. Deceive. Bribe. <laughs> so, Israel, go back to Numbers chapter 25. Um, Yeah, verse 1. And Israel remained in... No. Israel remained... What does it mean for Israel to remain there? Numbers chapter 9 verse 16 and 16 and 17. Numbers chapter 9 verses 16 and 17. Okay. So it was always the cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. That is the tabernacle. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, after the chi- after that, the children of Israel would journey. And in the place where the tabernacle settled, there the children of Israel would pitch their tents. So whenever the cloud was removed, they would move. And whenever the cloud, cloud remained, they would stay. Now here, they remain, cloud state. God has allowed them to be here. And whenever you are at rest, after particularly after a war, that you have won, you have to be very careful because this, you are in a very, 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 what do you call fertile ground for deception is there. That is the reason why take heed lest he fall. If you think that you are standing, take heed lest you fall. Okay, don't become proud. Okay, don't become proud. Don't become, don't look at your former successes. You know what? Former successes only gives you a history with God in terms of faith. That is God's work in your life. To have a good and a strong relationship with Him. That does not mean that you are better. In your flesh. No. You are vulnerable. That is the reason why forgetting my past, uh, Paul says, I press on towards the upward calling. What does it mean? Past failures and past successes. Past failures are easy to forget. I mean, you want to forget the past. What about past successes? Is it easy to forget? No. Somehow, you know, they are there in your trophy compartment. So, you'll be very careful. So, God is allowing, so that means the presence of God is there, that means God is saying, okay, fine, let me see. I gave them victory. This fellow comes and tries to do all kinds of enchantments, and they are obviously oblivious to it, they don't know, of course, but at least we know. Okay. Because these things are written for us. So there's a victory. God, the, uh, the enemy is trying to use witchcraft against the church. It's not happening. And God says, now I'm going to test my people by staying there. Let's see whether rest will take their minds off me or will they keep their focus on me. That's exactly what God, God has given us. He's remained. I mean, you know, he's, 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 he's literally uh, covered us from all directions and he's given us a, some kind of a rest, in other words, you know. We don't, there's no pressure to go and do work and stuff for so many people. Work from home or take it easy for children. Okay. And now he says, okay, let, in this kind of a setup, what will you do? Will you breach the wall or will you remain? So if the enemy can't try to defeat you through witchcraft, he will defeat you with your own sin. James Gospel, I'm sorry, not James Gospel, uh, this epistle by uh, by James to the church. James 1, 13 to 14. 
Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Where is the problem? Desire is the problem. Okay. And enticed. And then, next verse, sorry. Then when the desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it brings brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Verse 16. You see? Don't be deceived. Okay. Don't break the hedge by yourself. God removing the hedge is one thing. You removing by your own foolishness is another thing. So let's go back now. So, what the enemy could not do, we ourselves can do by our own sin. For the enemy. We can achieve it for the enemy. By sin. That is the reason why sin is deceitful. Deceitfulness of sin, says the book of Hebrews. Lest you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Hebrews chapter 3. Don't have to turn there. Sin is always crouching at the door. Crouching means crouching, right? I'm not there. That's what crouching means. The animal instinct. I mean, how does a lion hunt the prey? I'm not there. You can enjoy. You can come out. You can come away from your, uh, from your group. Like, you know, herds. They're waiting for that one particular animal which will stray from the herd. And the moment it strays from the herd, the protection is gone and it can pounce on it. So how does it, how does it make it stray from the herd? It hides in the bushes and slowly with its hunger, that, that small animal keeps going away and away and away and away and it becomes a prey. That's the reason why God tells, uh, tells Cain, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is to have you. But you should master it. You see, that is dangerous. So what the enemy cannot do, you can do it for the enemy. So sometimes, you know, you see how easy the lions get a prey. They just stay. This fellow comes, 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 comes. Slowly and they just stay there. They have the ability to stay still. And this animal comes in such close proximity and within seconds it just pounces out, catches and he's gone. Be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil. So, sin is crashing at the door. Be very careful. Let's go back now. <sighs> so, Numbers chapter 25. Now, Israel remained in Acacia grew and the people began to commit harlotry with the woman of Mormon. How did this happen? They, what? Invited. It always, always begins with an invitation. Ajana. Here, so many people got trapped because of, an, because of an invitation. Lot of people who did not do, did not know about movies, got trapped by their invitation about from their friends. Nowadays, sending invites are so easy, no? WhatsApp, invite. Invitation is, invitations are very, very easy these days. Those days, the woman had to come dress and beautifully put all kinds of makeup and entice. Now, invitations are so easy. Very, very important for us to understand. 
So it starts with a what? With an invitation. And it seems very harmless. Hey, what is all harmless invitation? That is how sin looks like. Sin entices and then it destroys. But when it entices, it doesn't say, ah, it's okay. It's nothing's gonna happen. Nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing will happen. One puff, what will it, what will happen? One puff. You'll feel like a man. And then, after several puffs, you'll know that you're a dead man. See? Invitation. They invited people to the sacrifice of their gods. And the people ate and bowed down to their gods. Yeah, how, how it happens? They brings with an invitation to their sacrifice and people begin to bow down. Whereas, it brings with an invitation to something and it leads to bondage. Invitation looks harmless and now we are bound by it. Now we can't even come out of it. And so many young people, so many of them were invited to something, maybe, you know, a party by their friends. Arey, party And most of the times it is success party. Okay. You should see success parties. And because you had success, you think that you are justified in indulging in some sin. Isn't it, inter- isn't it true? Whenever you success, success, succeed in something, Okay, let me just enjoy myself. After all, I am successful now. Okay, I deserve this. That is how we have to be. That is when you have to be very, very, very careful because your success has somehow justified your enticement into sin. Be very careful. I deserve it. It starts with an invitation and it ends up you bowing down to their idols, to their gods. So Israel was, verse 3, so Israel was joined to Baal of Pure, and the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel. You remember last time? Last night Pastor was saying, 2 Samuel chapter 24 verse 1. If you put these two together... Verse one, and the anger of anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel, and He moved David against them. To say, now what has happened? The anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel because they succumbed to an invitation, and now they have bowed down to their gods. That is the reason why Paul tells in First Corinthians, the same chapter, 10, chapter ten, verse eighteen onwards. Look at what it says. How it starts off. Observe Israel after the flesh. Oh, he is alluding to this incident in the history of Israel. Observe Israel after the flesh. Are not those who eat the eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar? And then the next verse. What am I saying then? That an idol is anything? Or what is offered to idols is anything? Rather, that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. Exactly what we looked at yesterday also in the morning. We said, what agreement has a temple of God with idols? And the next verse, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord 
and the cup of the demons. You cannot take the partake of the Lord's table and the table of the demons. And let's look at, look at the next verse. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Stop there. Stronger than he? Are we trying to arouse the Lord's jealousy? Do you think God is winking at it? Friendship with the world, that's the reason why James chapter 4, you don't have to do that. Friendship with the world is what? Enmity with God. That is invitation. Friendship with the world, ah, it's only a friendship. But you don't understand that friendship with the world is enmity against God. You, you cannot have anything to do with the world. We just go into the world, but we are not of the world. We go into the world so that we can bring people out of the world so that they can become a part of us. That's the reason why scripture says, in James chapter 4, you can turn there actually. Adulterous people, verse uh, 4 onwards. James chapter 4, verse 4 onwards. 4 onwards. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Do you think the scripture says, the script, the spirit who dwells in you yearns jealously. Don't try to provoke him. The anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel. He says, you are mine, Israel. And I am jealous for you. It's like, you know, he has a relationship. A husband and a wife relationship. If our husband is trying to be friendly with another person, even if the husband is not trying to be friendly, if the other person is giving attention to the husband, the wife gets really, really upset. And it's good. That is the reason why serve God acceptably, reverently or modestly, and circumspectly. Modesty means when you try to attract attention to yourself, be careful. That may not be your intention, but be careful. That is what circumspect means. That you will never allow any other thing, even by mistake, to come between your relationship with God and you. In your relationship with God and you. Just like a husband or a wife, guard that relationship. Very sensitive about it. Who is that person? Why are you getting all these WhatsApp images, messages from that person? Ah, she's just my sister. Ah, really? Be careful. That is how things start. Sister in the Lord started. I know youth meetings. No? She's my sister. Be very careful. So let's go back. To Matthew chapter 25 now. Look at how it permeates now. The angle of the Lord was aroused. Now, they should have stopped there. No? Look at what it says. Next verse. Verse 6 onwards. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Verse 4 onwards. 4 onwards. 24. Then the Lord said to Moses, Take the children, the leader of the children of Israel, and hang the offenders before the Lord. Out in the sun that the fierce anger of the Lord may turn away. You see, God, you don't play with sin. God is really, really serious about sin. Serious about sin. That is the reason why it says in First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 22. Look at what it says. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 22. I said circumspectly, right? Look at what it says. A very, very powerful verse. Small verse, but powerful verse. 
abstain from every appearance, it says in other translations, appearance of evil. It could be, see, that is the reason why the lips of an adulteress are like honeycomb, it says. But it is like wormwood, sharper than a two-edged sword. Wormwood, you know what wormwood is, right? Sharper, but it's like honey. It looks like honey, but it is evil. I remember David Wilkerson, sometime back in some of one of his sermons, he says, you look at that girl there, you think that she's very beautiful and she's so attractive and she also appears godly. But don't you know that behind that lovely, beautiful, handsome face is hiding the sinister face of the devil. You see, don't bow down to those idols. It starts with an invitation. Take all the leaders of the people and hang the offenders before the Lord out in the sun. You know what hanging means? Cursed is a man that hangs on a tree. That means you have invited the curse of God. What Balaam and Balak could not do because of your sin, you have invited now this curse of God. The fierce anger of the Lord may turn away against from Israel. God is jealous. And so what is he, what is he doing? He take the, take the leadership now. Deal with the leadership. Therefore the leaders have to be very, very careful, Baba. Who should be careful? Leaders have to be careful. But, you'll see, even as we go back to Numbers chapter 25 now, verse 5, So Moses said to the judges of Israel, Every one of you kill his men who were joined to Baal of Peor. Go and do this. So how they do it, this is very interesting. And indeed, one of the children of Israel came and presented to his brethren a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses. I mean, it's crazy, okay? (laughs) One of the brothers came and gifted, presented, rather, introduced, introduced this lady to one of his brothers. I mean, it's amazing. Romans chapter 14 Verse 15 onwards. 15 to 18. Yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. So let me tell you what it means. You know, sometimes in leadership, you may have, movies may not affect you. But some younger brothers will be struggling with it. Jesus can he be, he could be tempted, but he was not, he was tempted in every point, but he did not sin. Go to John's Gospel, chapter 17, verses 17 to 19. Look at what it says. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is Truth. Who is Jesus? He is the author. He is the author and the perfect. He is the captain of our salvation. He is our leader. Look at how our leader behaves. As you sent me into the world, I am also sending them, uh, sending them into the world. 
and for their sakes i sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth that is the reason why paul tells in first thessalonians chapter 5 he says you became followers of us and the followers of the lord because we were so set apart to god turn turn to first thessalonians please first thessalonians chapter 5 okay i am not in a hurry I hope you are also not in a hurry. Not chapter 5. So, first Thessalonians chapter 1 and, and verse verse 6. And you became followers of us and of the Lord having received that word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit so that you became examples to all in Macedonia, in Achaia, and and uh, 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 to the, those who believe, and then verse eight from the and from from you, and from you. See how it starts. You became followers of us. You became the followers of the Lord, and from you the word of the Lord has been sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone out, so that we do not need to say anything, for they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living God. You see what has happened? How did you become, Im- become imitators of us? You turned from your idols and you started serving the living God. And you, I is telling all of us as brothers in the church who are the elder brothers, People, when they look at you, they should turn from their idols, whatever is causing them to stumble, because idolism is something which causes you to stumble. They should look at you, and they should turn from their evil ways, from their idols, but you should not be the person who is introducing an idol to a weaker brother. You understand what I am saying? This brother comes and presents this madam. I mean, just like just in your conversation, in your conversation, you know. Hurry, I saw that movie. That movie could be a good movie, but in that movie there should be some garbage. I mean, you, I, I nowadays I'm becoming conscious now, more and more conscious. I, mean, I don't want to talk about anything. I say, I keep telling people, no. <laughs> Once you are a pastor, you are a pastor. That's it. The whole world will know you somewhere. Some you, they will find you somewhere or the other. Was in Wonderla, in the swimming pool. It's amazing, you know, Wonderla. Tell us Wonderla. Okay, in the swimming pool with all my with my daughters, and I was playing with them, and I went into the water, I swam, and then I just got up, I hit somebody. He got up and he said, "Praise the Lord, Pastor." I said, "Who's that fellow? <laughs> Who's that fellow in the swimming pool in Wonderla?" Pastor, you remember? You came to me, come to our church in Varangal for our youth meeting. I said, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh Lord. Think about it. Be very careful. I mean, I, I could imagine all other possible scenarios when this brother would have said, hello pastor. At the box office in IMAX. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hi pastor. Which movie? Ah. Uh? Imagine what happened. You even unknowingly, you maybe that movie is only for your relaxation. That movie may not affect you, but like Jesus sanctified. You know what Jesus said? So, no to so many things for the sake of his disciples. 
He set himself apart for his disciples. Because he was strong, they were weak. But he would not give even a small occasion in his life for them to stumble. And yet, sinners would flock around him. And yet, he would be the most holy man. What an amazing combination. Matthew chapter 18, verse 5 to 9. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name, receives me. But look at that. Next verse. But whoever causes one of these little one who believes in me to sin, it would better would be better for him if a milestone would be hung around his neck and he drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world because of offenses. Woe to the world because of offenses. For offenses must come. It's not that offenses stumbling. It's not that temptations will not come. But you should not be the reason for the temptation to come. That's what he says. For the offenses must come, but vote to that man by whom offense comes. And the next verse, if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, therefore, bah, cut it out. If your eye causes you to get tempted to out a movie, cut it out. Now if you cannot cut, take, take out your eye, cut off the internet. Basically, that's the idea. Why? You know, I come from a background which was movie, movie background, no. So every time I go past Tivoli, my wife looks at me like that. Because that, that path, I, that trajectory we take so many times, no? To different, different places. And the body, I just, and she's like, okay, Vijay, what's going on? Don't, don't even look at the posters. First thing, you will get tempted, maybe. Second thing, I tell Abigail and Emanuela not to look at the posters which are stuck on the, on the main road. And if they see their father doing it, what will happen? You'll become a cause of stumbling. Don't introduce. What did he do? <laughs> introduction. I say you introduction. 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 I say you Dad Dad is having whiskey. Come, son. One small sip. Invitation. And that invitation will prove incredibly costly. How many of us were destroyed because of invitation? We know that, right? So should we invite? No, no, no. No, 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 no. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 1 and 2. What does it say? It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles that a man has his father's wife. But you are what? Proud! And I am not rather. That's exactly what has happened. This fellow has introduced brother mourning is going on. Elders are mourning. But you are not. You are introducing. And have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from you. What a tremendous responsibility for we as a church. So that when we have a next generation coming up, they see two things. They see the seriousness in us as far as ministry is concerned. They also see the joy in us. They should not say, Are ministry following Jesus is such a boring thing. Look at our brother Vijay. Always like this. 
भाई ही सर्विंग गॉड बट इज वेरी होली नॉनसेंस इफ होलीनेस इज दैट आई डोंट वॉन्ट टू हैव एनीथिंग टू डू विद इट यू नो वी हैड द दीपक एंड फ्यू डेज बैक दीपक एंड हर वाइफ नेम देवी दे केम टू मी दे वॉन्टेड टू डिस्कस अबाउट द गॉस्पल ओके so i was giving them the gospel you know one thing he said i said he said pastor you're always laughing laugh is joyous you're always laughing you're always joyous see we have to be serious in ministry we have to be serious about our work with god it does not mean that we'll be boring You should also be interesting people. People should see the joy in our lives. Righteousness. The kingdom of God is not. Non-stop. Okay. It is righteousness, peace and your joy should be evident my dear brothers and sisters. So that you will attract people to the God that you serve. What kind of a God you serve? that you always seem to have joy and what happened you're puffed up and I'm not rather mourn that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you don't you know that 11 little 11 11 so whole lambi goes on to say and this fellow to satan he says that his flesh may be destroyed but his spirit may be saved <laughs> thank god i mean just imagine no if church were to exercise that kind of an authority and seriousness against sin how different we would have been and because we have not dealt with sin with with such a tremendous force what we are inviting is a plague into our lives just plague this plague is just a parable it's only a physical thing let's go back to numbers chapter 25 was six six and one of the children of israel came and presented to his brother a midianite woman in the sight of moses look at that guy he has the audacity to sin in front yes that means i've seen this no the modern day generation they have no respect for godly people especially spiritually spiritual leaders that is the the sin of ruben my dear brothers and sisters that is a sin of ruben Reuben had three problems: lust of the flesh, he slept with his father's concubine; lust of the eyes. What was the lust of the eyes? This land is full of grass. We want to stay here. Pride of life. Dathan, Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Who are Dathan and Abiram? The Reubenites. Now think about it. Moses says, "Come to us. Come to us." You know what they say? We don't. We don't want to come. They summon Reuben and Dathan and Abiram. Korah, of course, he is the priest. Dathan and Abiram. They summon Dathan and Abiram. Dathan and Abiram say, "We don't want to come. Who are you to call us?" The spirit where you do not respect authority, spiritual authority. There is no reverence for spiritual authority. Yes, there is a flippancy, as I said. No, that's what I said. No, you have to, you have to serve God acceptably, modestly, circumspectly. the in the side of the congress of blatancy of sin and and, and the problem is 
we have a Moses. Moses is like, he doesn't know what to do. In the sight of the of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping at the door of the tabernacle. There was, they were weeping at the door of the tabernacle and Moses is like, what do I do with this guy? What do I do with this guy? But then, thank God for Phinehas. You know what the word Phinehas means? Mouth of brass. What a mouth of brass means? You know what? Brass is a sound of judgment. is a symbol of judgment. A guy who lives constantly by judging his words that come out of his mouth. You be very, very careful what comes out of your mouth. It was what comes out of your mouth comes from where? From your heart. A guy, that is the reason why it says in James chapter 3, if any man is able to bridle his tongue, He's able to judge his mouth because we offend a lot of people with the words that we speak. But this is Phineas who has a mouth of brass. Not the other Phineas, thankfully, whom we talked about last night. A mouth of brass. That's the reason why whenever I see Phineas, now in my school we have one Phineas. I say, Phineas, which Phineas? Son of Eli, son of Eliezer. Which one? Eliezer means what? A picture of Holy Spirit. Eliezer married a woman whose name is not mentioned. Her father's name is mentioned. Her father's name is daughter of Pethuel. Father, daughter of Pethuel. What does Pethuel means? A one who is afflicted by God. Who is the one who is afflicted by God? Jesus. Picture of the word of God. Eliezer, picture of the Holy Spirit. And Phineas, man who is born of the word of God and of the Holy Spirit. And what does he have? A mouth, which is the mouth of brass. Kya baat hai. a whole, I mean, if you read the word with, with, with those kinds of microscopic uh, eyes and you see each word, you see tremendous lessons we can learn. And if you are born of the word and born of the Holy Spirit, what are you supposed to have? A mouth of brass, yes. A mouth a means an attitude which is constantly judging sin in his heart. You know why? Because we want to worship God, serve God, acceptably, modestly, circumspectly. So what does he do? Then Phineas, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron, the priest, what did he do? He saw it. First thing, he sees it. You know, whenever I read the word saw, see, it's very important how do we see things. You see, it's, we need to have biblical vision. It says, Paul, when he was waiting in Athens for uh, his disciples to come, remember? He saw that the city was wholly given to idolatry and the spirit was stern. Peter says on the other hand, on the last days, people will have eyes full of adultery. How do you see? 
with adulterous eyes or with a vision of God which stirs your spirit. It's very important for us to understand. She, he saw. And after he saw what it is, what does it say? He arose. He took action. And it's very interesting what accompanies the word arose from among the congregation. That means everybody in the congregation is sitting and they're mourning what to do with this, you know, emotional. Even Moses is not knowing what to do. And this fellow, he gets up. Question is, lot of people around you, they could be brothers, but they may not have the strength to stand up for truth. Notwithstanding that, will you still be able to stand up for truth? Daniel was in Babylon. So many Jewish people went with Daniel to Babylon. Everybody was served the food from the king's table. But one arose. From among the congregation. You see, that's remarkable, you know. You see, that is what God is saying. I look for one man so that I can stay this plague from among a compromised church or a church which is now powerless. A leader may not be compromised. He doesn't know what to do now. Or maybe he wants to do something, but maybe this was Phineas's time. <laughs> I remember, it's a story, okay. This is, I, I mean, it's not a story. It's possibly a Mm, a true uh, example because I heard it from another man of God. You know, there was this man of God in Hyderabad, I think. Oh, very, very, very well known man of God. He was given this gift of deliverance. You know, this guy, wherever he goes and he starts praying, okay, he starts praying, demons will start manifesting and he, his presence would be sufficient for, you know, demonic uh, uh, demons to just run away from the place. He had that gift. Lay hands. Deliverance would take place. So it was very famous. Okay. And then um, one day, one of his congregation member brought another brother who was really struggling with demonic oppression. So he said, Aigaru, please uh, pray for this guy. My friend, he's really struggling with this demonic oppression. Can you just pray for him and, you know, deliver him? Do something. He says, I don't deliver. God delivers. But he knew that, you know, he had the gift of uh, deliverance. So he was thinking, just by looking at him, maybe the demon will start manifesting. But it didn't manifest. So he started, he's okay, fine. He says, let's, let's lay hands on this brother and let him, let us pray. He lay hand, lays hands on his brother and he's praying and praying and praying and praying. Nothing is happening. And uh, then he says, oh my goodness, nothing is happening. Maybe this is a very tough and difficult demon. Uh, <laughs> then you know what happens? He says, he calls all the members of his congregation and says, hold your hands. Um, let's just lay hands on this brother. You all hold your hands and pray for me. So that, you know, God will deliver this brother. So everybody is holding hands. Everybody is watching pastor. They all know that pastor has got the gift of deliverance. And he's holding, uh, laying his hands on this uh, guy. And he's praying and praying and praying and praying. And nothing is happening. Guys, just the same. The pastor is so frustrated. He actually gets so frustrated. He says, Lord, what is going on? I'm being embarrassed before my congregation. And he goes back home and he fasts and prays, Lord, what did I do? Is there sin in my life? 
I don't know to the best of my knowledge. I have not sinned against you. Lord, what is it? What is it? Fasting and fasting and fasting and fasting. At the end of the fast, God tells him, there is a small boy in your church whom I have also gifted with the gifting of the gift of deliverance. Call him and pray for him. And this deliverance will take place. The pastor is like, he's shocked first and then he's happy. You know, sometimes we might be in the congregation and not, you know, it's faithful. Elders, God may not choose the elder to bring deliverance, but God is possibly waiting for one guy. Here in this case, Moses didn't move. From among the congregation, one guy got up. And he did something. What did he do? He took the what in his hand? Javelin. This, this is what we call as ruthless action towards sin. You don't pamper it. You know, I, I, I like this next generation. Okay, this is the next second generation. This is Phineas is going to be now the priest. Eliezer will be the priest in uh, the book of uh, Jad, uh, Joshua and also Judges. No, no. Uh, Joshua, he will be, Eliezer will be the priest. And the end of Judges, you know who will be the priest? Phineas will be the priest. The next generation. He's the he's what we call as a desert baby. Born in the desert. Okay. Born, possibly not born in the desert, but he was below the age of 20. Not judged in the desert for sure. Okay, he's part of Eliezer. Eliezer's generation. And Eliezer's next generation. So maybe he was born in born in the desert. We don't know. Uh where is Phineas's mention? I think it's mentioned in numbers only. Phineas's birth is mentioned in numbers. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's numbers chapter six. We don't know. I don't want to men, uh, go into the de- details of that. Okay. So if he was born in uh, born in the desert, it's fantastic. Okay. So uh, or Exodus. I don't know. You can maybe edit it later on. But this is <coughs> this is this is a desert baby. Okay. This is a desert baby, and he is absolutely ruthless about sin. So what is he going to do? He's not going to be like Moses. Are you, Father? Please uh, forgive my sister for rebelling. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> forgive. No, 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 no. This guy is going to take action, but he's going to take an take an action, take action in a fantastic way. What is he going to do? He's going to take a spear or a javelin in his hand. And what does he do? He goes after the man of Israel into his tent. He thrusts the spear through the man of Israel and through the woman. And what happens immediately? The plague stops. Maybe this is something which we all have to do. Take the javelin, whatever the javelin is. Of course, our weapons are not carnal in the New Testament. But mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. So what should we do? We should kill the sin and the reason for the sin. What did I say? Like Pastor was saying, lying could be a sin. But fear could be the reason. Stealing could be a sin, but covetousness could be the reason. Or covetousness could be the sin, 
Fear could be the reason. What is fear? Oh, if I don't hold up, what will happen to me in the future? Deal with both lie and the reason for the lie. So the plague was stopped among the children of Israel and those who died in the plague were about 24,000 men. 24,000 not men, 24,000 people. So how did he do this? What did he do? What did Phineas do? Numbers chapter 25 and verse 14 on. Whom did he kill? Now the name of the Israelite whom he killed with the Midianite woman, his name was Zimri. What's his name? Zimri, the son of Shalu, of the leader of the father's house among the Simeonites. And the name of the Midianite woman was who was killed was Cosby. See, whenever names are given, you have to be very, very careful. Why? I mean, he could have just said, no, uh, the person who was killed is so-and-so, I mean, one, one Israelite person and one, uh, uh, one Midianite lady. But names are given. So when names are given, lessons are also given. Okay, so Zimri was the uh, the person who was killed of the of the tribe of uh, Simeon, and the name of the Midianite woman was Cosby, the daughter of Zur. He was a head of the father's house in Midian. So the leader of the father's house in Midian, her daughter, her name is Cosby, lying with a man called Zimri, who's a father who was a son of Salu. Of the tribe of Simeon. So many details are given. But we will look at only three names. Whom did he kill? Zimri. Whom did he again kill? Cosby. Turn to Numbers chapter 31. And verse 7. And 8. Read that please. And they warred against the Midianites, just as the Lord commanded Moses, and they killed all the males. They killed the kings of Midian, with the rest of those who were killed were Evi, Rechem, Zur, Hur, and Reba. The five kings of Midian, and Balaam, the son of Beor, they also killed with the sword. Now go back to Numbers chapter 25. And verse 14 onwards. So they killed Zimri. They killed Cosby. Two things, two people were killed here. Who were killed? First person who was killed was Zimri. Second second person who was killed was Cosby. That is what is happening over here. With the sword. With the spear. With the spear, what is he doing? He is killing Zimri and he is killing Cosby. Now very interesting. What does the word Zimri mean? My music. My music, not music. My music. On those days, no? Aapki parmaish. Okay. Naishtam. My wish. My music. See, that's what Pastor was saying, right? You take care of music, you take care of a generation. Music has got such a tremendous power on a generation, my dear brothers and sisters. It's really, really powerful. You see, songs, how they move us? Right? How songs move us? 
I mean, especially when we sing songs which are really, really meaningful. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die? Would he devote his sacred head for such a worm as I? <laughs> Was it for crimes that I have done, Christ groaned upon, hung upon a tree, amazing pity and grace unknown and love beyond degree. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, all the burdens of my heart were rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. And I know I'm happy all the way. It's powerful words. And can it be that I should gain <laughs> an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me who caused this pain? And for me to whom death pursued? Amazing grace. How can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? Oh, this is this music really moves us, right? It really, really penetrates deep. Music has got that power to penetrate, especially words put to music. That is the reason why, you know, whenever you see a psalm to be sung on a particular tone with a what instrument? Stringed instrument. Sometimes stringed instruments are, especially on the guitar. Both of these are stringed instruments, by the way. Guitar and the piano. You know it, right? Am I right? Yes, musician. Yes, both are stringed instruments. And they have, the piano especially, it's got that richness. And whenever you come into the sand, when you see that piano playing and, 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 and what, and what is happening, and you play the guitar and you play this, it's real, real anointed music and it's got the ability to penetrate into the spirits of the people. See, music is a fantastic gift. Okay. Sing unto the Lord, or what song? A new song. Okay, write new songs. Also sing old songs. I mean, one of the most powerful songs which I like is that when I survey the wondrous cross, what lyrics, boss? When I survey the wondrous cross on which the prince of glory died, my riches gain, I count but loss and pour contempt on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my Lord, all the way in things that charm me most. As sacrificed him to his blood, see from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down, did air such love and sorrow meet, nor thorns compose so rich a crown, where the whole realm of nature mine, where an offering far too small, love so amazing, so divine. Demands my soul, my life, my all. Kya baat hai? And you say, boy, this, and if that particular lyric is put to music. Okay. To the great God of love I bow and prostrate in thy sight adore. I have, but I ask thee more. If I cannot see thy face and live, then let me see thy face and die. Boy. You see that? Amazing. All those lyrics by John Wesley and all these people. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, my great Redeemer's praise, the glories of my God and King and the powers of His grace. You see, music, words put to music, anointed music, of course, a tremendous power to influence us, provided music is empowered by truth. Okay? Music should be empowered by truth. Okay? Music should not empower truth. Truth should empower music. What did I say? See, people just start a tune. Chang, 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 chang. Now try, now, now try to write the lyric. They, they say. Those days, uh, when first the lyric was written and then the tune, tune was given. Now, we'll call Taman and, uh, what's his name? 
డెబిశ్రీ ప్రసాద్ ఫస్ట్ చూనిచ్చాను ఫస్ట్ దాని తర్వాత విల్లైట్ లిరిక్ ఫస్ట్ ద కమ్స్ ద ట్యూన్ అండ్ దెన్ కమ్స్ ద లిరిక్ డేంజరస్ ఆర్డర్ జిమ్రి మీన్స్ మై మ్యూజిక్ వాట్ ఇస్ ఇట్ వాట్ ఈస్ ఎంపవరింగ్ యువర్ మ్యూజిక్ బాబా ఇన్ వాట్ కాస్ బై మీన్స్ ఎనిబడి కెన్ గెస్ మై లై cause by means my life what is empowering my music my life what is empowering my truth a lie do you understand so what is phineas is doing he is not just looking at the music he's taking a spear and he's saying that that music that music ungodly music you know why it might sound good it sound might sound nice it might sound emotional oh it might sound so many things but that is empowered by a lie and i'm going to slaughter both have we invited a plague into our into many many churches because music has taken over the world you know i i sometimes i feel no uh, the the stage time for the worship leader is equal to the stage time for the pastor who's preaching the word half an hour worship half an hour word no the stage time for the worship leader is greater than the shaped than the stage time for the word 45 minutes music 15 minutes word no brothers they don't have the attention span many will fall asleep baba let them fall asleep and die resurrect them and continue preaching So what is what is Phineas doing? He's taking a spear and he's saying that music is coming from the pits of hell. No, it's is a absolute lie. I'm going to destroy both the music and the lie. Why? Where there is no reverence. So much of music, so many things of so beautiful tune. Sometimes in pastors conference also when I choose certain songs, I try to go back to my old Andhra Kesav Kirtanal. But, you know, pastor say, Aigaru maak ardhanga daigaru. We don't understand those things. Modern day kuncham kutta patal paadandi. So, it's, Aradhana Yesu nikya. Adho kate charan unta dhantlo. Aradhana Yesu nikya, Aradhana Yesu nikya. Dhantra hoti nikya radu, charano. Oka charano ka pallavi. One refrain, one stanza. If you see Andhra Kaisa, the whole thing stanza, stanza, stanza they've written. And for truth, you know, sometimes if I have to preach in Telugu, if I ever have, have got the opportunity to preach from Telugu, I'm going to take, take the text from some of the old hymns that our fathers taught us. The lyrics, the word, the anointing, the message. What took second space was the tune. What took primary stage was the word. Now, though you take the order, what you get is deception and plagues. Hold me close, let my, let your love surround me. Abba, yente emotional, but under hold close, just taru. But they are never holding close to Jesus, they are clinging to Balpiyar. They are joined themselves to Balpiyar and they are thinking that they are joined to Yahweh. 
And what is empowering them is music. Empowered by what? Lies. So what does he do? Do we have the eyes of Phineas? You know what? In order to have the eyes of Phineas, what should we have? The mouth of Phineas. See, that is the reason why. Be slow to speak, quick to hear, and slow to anger, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness that God demands. Now turn to Psalm 106, verse 30 to 31. Actually, 28 to 31. 28 to 31. Psalm 106, verses 28 to 31. Okay. They joined them also to Baal of Pure, and they ate sacrifices made to the dead. Thus they provoked him to anger with their deeds, and the plague broke out among them. Then Phineas stood up. And what did he do? Intervened. How did he intervene? He intervened. He intervened by taking a spear and killing that music and the lie. That is how he intervened. And the plague was stopped. And that was accounted to him for... What did I say? In it was accounted to him for righteousness. What did I say? I said, in order to have the eyes of Phineas, you should have the mouth of Phineas. In order to have the mouth of Phineas, you have to have the attitude of slow to speak, quick to hear, slow to get angry, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness that God requires. Now here, was Phineas angry? Yes. But did his wrath produce the righteousness of God. It was. It says in verse 31, and it was accounted, credited to him for righteousness. Did you understand? Did you understand? Everybody? Wow. I, mean, I like that, no? My music, my lie, has to be destroyed. And for that, we need the mouth of Phineas. And in order to have the mouth of Phineas, you should have the attitude of Phineas, slow to speak, slow to hear, uh, so quick to hear, and slow to get angry. But when Be angry, but still not. Right? But whenever you get angry, let it be the anger of God. Now let's go to Numbers chapter 25. <clears throat> Verse 10 to 13. Look at what it says. The, then the Lord spoke to Moses, Saying, Phineas, the son of Eliezer, ha, kya baat hai? the son of Aaron, the priest, has turned back my wrath from the children of Israel. So like Pastor was saying, this plague is from God. But will God find a priesthood of Phineas in his generation? Because we are all, what? Royal priesthood. He has turned back my wrath from the children of Israel. Because what? He was zealous with my zeal among them, so that I did not consume the children of Israel in my zeal. See, it is not important for you to be zealous. You need to have the zealous zeal of God. And therefore, behold, I give him my covenant of peace. You can stop there, stop there, stop there, stop there. 
Do you have the zeal of God? How do we have the zeal of God? How do we have the zeal of God? Isaiah chapter 9. Verse 6 to 9. I think Dr. Richard is like calculating in his mind. <laughs> good Dr. Richard, good for you. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Standard Text for Advent. Then he says, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. No question is, are we all under the government of God? That means, are, are we under the headship of God? Are we people who belong to the kingdom of God? Are we people who have allowed the kingdom of God to grow in our lives? Is a question. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order to establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward and even forever more. And let's read the last part together. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. And what did Phineas have? The zeal of the Lord. You know, that is the reason why <laughs> Paul tells about his, uh, his, 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 uh, his countrymen Jews. Okay. Romans chapter 10 verses 1 and 2. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer for to, to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a they have a zeal for God, but they don't have the zeal of God. Ah, 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 that's the point. They have a zeal for God. They don't have the zeal. There's a lot of difference between zeal for God. A lot of people, we, we mistake our zeal for a zeal of God. We mistake our zeal for God as a zeal of God. lot of difference. Just because you're fervent and you're fired up in your preaching, it doesn't mean that you've got zeal. A lot of people may be very, very, you know, like Paul was like one guy who would speak in a monotone, they would say. His letters are very powerful. They said the speech was a little... So in other words, if he would come and speak, it, he would not be fired up in his, like, like the way I am. But he is God, zeal of God. And zeal for God, both. We mistake our zeal for God as... Zeal of God, not necessary. That's the reason why it says, they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. My brothers and sisters, what kind of a zeal do we have? John's Gospel chapter 2. You know this very well, no? Hmm. So many pastors... I mean, Christians, not pastors. So many Christians, they can't reconcile the God who brings joy into your life with the God who cleans the temple also. But he's the same God. If you were following Tim Keller's recent series on John, you talked about that. Look at what it says in John's Gospel chapter 2 and verse 13 to 15. Oh, actually, uh, 13 to 17. 13 to 17. Uh, the Passover of the Jews was at hand and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. It's very interesting. The Passover was there. So Jesus went to the Jerusalem to do what? To celebrate the what? The Passover. Who is the Passover lamb? He himself. In his name, a lot of things were going on. 
merchandise. He found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and money changers doing business. When he made, and then he made up a whip of cords, he drove them out all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changes money and overturned the tables and he said to those who sold the doves, take these things away, do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. You need a zeal of God, but you have a zeal for God, but a zeal for his house the way Jesus had. Jesus just did not have the zeal of God. He also had the zeal for God. He did not just have the zeal for God. He had the zeal of God. Both. He was zealous over you with godly jealousy. That's what he says in in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Don't have to turn there. You know what Paul says? I am jealous for you over for the godly jealousy. So is it sufficient to to just to kill your music and your life? No. It is important something else you also you have to kill. The Zur. Okay. There is a music which is empowered by lies. But that lie is standing on something. Whose father was Cosby? Cosby's father was, sorry, Cosby's father was Zur. You know what, what Zur means? Actually, Zur in Hebrew. Okay. We don't have tz in you know, Tsitsipas. You know, we have a new, uh, new ten- tennis player, young guy, 19 year old Tsitsipas. Okay. Tsur. This guy's name is Tsur. You know what Tsur means? Rock. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So, so think about this. Okay. <laughs> Three people he, they killed. I mean, Phineas killed two and the children of Israel killed the, the next fellow. You have to kill your music, which is imparted by lies. And this lie is standing on a rock. That fellow has to be dealt with. You know, the rock which is empowering the lie which is animating my music. What should I do? Rock which is empowering the lie which is animating my music. Let's go to number 31 now. Verse 7. They fought against Midian and the Lord commanded Moses and said, Moses and killed, uh, as the Lord commanded Moses and killed every man among their victims were Evi, Rechem, Zur, Hur and Reba, the five kings of Midian. They also killed Balaam, the son of Beor. So there's a lie. There's a rock which is empowering the lie. And the rock is standing on something else. You see how deep sin is? You have to recognize that you have to discern the music. You have to discern the lie which is empowering the music. You have to discern the rock on which the lie stands. You know, what is the rock on which the lie stands? I'll tell you what the rock on which the lie stands. A lot of people will be successful in the world. Okay. What are they? Successful in the world. And they will also serve in the church. Now, we are not saying that um, people should not be successful. I am not saying that we should not be successful. Either. Please, okay, don't misunderstand me. I am not against that at all. I, I wish that God people's, God's people make a lot of money and give away to the, to the work of God. Secretly. What did I say? <laughs> Secretly, okay. <laughs> give away to the work of God. Secretly. I mean, I wish that so that, you know, they, they can do a lot of things for the kingdom of God. The problem is this. They, they have some kind of a success in the world 
And because they have success in the world, they think that they can give opinions about the kingdom of God. You understand what I'm saying? Now, for example, I'll give you a, I will give a very simple example. Very, very simple example. For example, let's say you, you want to um, marry somebody. A marriage alliance has come. Okay? Somebody brought in a marriage alliance. Okay, very practical, simple example. Um, Sammy and, uh, uh, and Peter and of course Do- Dr. Richard are the only, um, bachelors here. Others, we don't have any chance. We are done. Okay. <laughs> okay. The marriage alliance has come. Now, the person, background, everything, you, you prayed about it and you have peace in your heart about this person. I have peace in my heart. I have peace in my heart. That's what you're saying. About this person. And then you come to pastor. Whom did you come to? Pastor. And pastor, pastor, I, I got this proposal. Uh, and you preempt. I, I prayed and I have peace in my heart about it. What do you say? What will pastor say? If you prayed, if you have peace in your heart, what, do you, what, what are you asking me for? Now, if it would have been different, if you would have come and said, pastor, this proposal came. Can we pray? No, you already got peace in your heart and you're asking pastor to sanction it. Pastor will say, okay, let me just give you, let me just give, I mean, uh, give me some time. Let's say, I'm just giving a very atypical scenario. It doesn't happen in our church, okay, but I'm just giving you a very atypical scenario. Not, not essentially a part of our church. That's the reason why I call it as atypical. Typical is outside, atypical here in, in uh, our church. Uh, Pastor, it's okay, let's say, let me just, uh, is he a believer? Yeah, 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 he's a believer. Uh, sold out for God? He got baptized. No, I didn't ask that. Uh, is he, is he on fire for God? Uh, he's a member of, no, no, I'm asking you, is he or she on fire for God? So, I don't know. But have peace about it. Okay, let me pray now. And Pastor will come and say, child, but I don't know if I have peace about it. I don't think it's from God. We have to, I think you ought to wait. Just give it some time. Then you are like bent upon getting married. Pastor, then what we'll do, what you will do, you will probably go to another person in the congregation who's possibly a CEO of, uh, let's say Amazon, not CEO, maybe CTO of Amazon, who also comes to Grace Tabernacle Church. Just giving an example, okay? This is an atypical scenario, okay? And you say, and he comes and says, uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, uh, what's, yeah, this, that guy is a successful guy. He's got a good job. Yeah, he's got a good job. Yeah, okay, believer, you can make him strong, don't worry. You can pray for him. As long as his believer is okay. It's Christian in name only, basically. You know, we have this, no? Fair, handsome. Like, statistics are important for us. Achievement, okay? Fair, handsome, six foot, horizontal and vertical statistics. <laughs> Has been given fair, handsome, Chaudhary girl. I'm sorry, Chaudhary boy. Six pack salary, what else? Six pack, name? Six figure salary, okay? Etc. And he looks very good. And he says, boy, he's successful. And what has happened? Are this brother is also a, a member in the congregation. He's also successful. He's also a Christian. Maybe 
his discernment is better than pastor's discernment and what do you have, what has happened you go with asur he might be a rock but he is a movable rock i'm just giving you an example very very important for us to realize this i'm giving you marriage because it is one of the normal things no in lots time they married and give ever given in marriage so we are living in those days and we all also most of the times our minds are preoccupied with that because no this just because there is an appearance of some sturdiness in his life or her life it doesn't mean that his opinion is god's opinion or his viewpoint is god's viewpoint i think about it dr richard is doctor he says pastor vijay i think uh, you have to get diagnosed for something he's a doctor dr richard you have to be tested for something okay something i don't like it so i go to another uncle of mine who's a very world famous computer scientist world famous computer scientist uncle i just can you touch my pulse ha ah, okay what what did the doctor say Uh, doctor said i have to get this eh doctor richard now is always paranoid chota things ke liye will make it a big thing just take this tablet oh he is a very successful computer scientist i will take his opinion will you say that there is an appearance that he is rock but you know what he is a lie <laughs> all of you are silent good killed zur the five kings of median you know what the word median means strife wherever there is pride there is strife says the proverb your apparent success in the world does not qualify you to speak things about the kingdom okay your apparent success can only be emanating lies but you should have the humility to accept it people are not humble these days you don't have a greater discernment just because you are very you are well settled in life sorry and it's not only sufficient to kill that you should also kill the doctrine which empowers a rock what is the doctrine the doctrine of balam first timothy chapter 4 verse 1 and 2 the spirit expressly says that in latter time some will depart from the faith giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons very important revelation chapter 2 verse 12 speaking lies in hypocrisy okay doctrine is leading leading, leading to why lies in hypocrisy okay next revelation chapter 2 verse 12 <clears throat> and the angel of the church in pergamos write onwards okay these things these things says the one who has a sharp what 
two-edged sword. What, is, what do we say about the word of God? It is sharper than any double-edged sword, discerning the spoil and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, uh, is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents. It goes so deep. Thoughts and the intents of the art, and everything is laid naked and bare before him. I know your works, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. Satan is the one who brings strife. And you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith. Even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr who was killed among you where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you. What is that? Because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam. There's a doctrine. You see, that is the reason doctrine is so important. Teaching is so important. Why are we teaching over and over and over and over? Because we want, hopefully, in these 21 days, establish a church which is built upon truth and not on lies. And will break and kill every lie. And kill every doctrine which is empowering that lie. And will kill every lie which is empowered by that rock. And kill every music and influence which is empowered, which is emanating from those lies. Doctrine of Balaam. Who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel. He's teaching. You see, teaching, 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 teaching. Teaching, teaching is important. Inter-important teaching. What kind of a teaching? Teaching which will bring in demons or teaching which will expel demons? Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, please. Mark's Gospel, chapter 1. <sighs> Verse 21 to 28, 27. 21 to 27. And, they, and then they went into Capernaum and immediately on the Sabbath he entered into the synagogue and... And they were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority. And why did he have authority? Simply because his will was to do the will. If anyone does will should do his will, he will know whether my teaching is truth or if I speak of my own authority. And because he always sought Father's glory, his teaching had authority. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Next verse. Now there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit and he cried out saying, let us alone. What have you to do to, to do with you? Jesus of Nazareth, did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Then what happens? But Jesus rebuked him saying, be quiet and come out of him. You see, he would never allow anybody, even a demon, to give testimony about him. You are a lying spirit anyway. How come I know that your testimony about me is true? Be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Next verse. They were amazed so that they questioned among themselves saying, what is this? What is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority. What new teaching? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. What an amazing statement for all of us. A teaching which expels the lies and the demons in your life. And there is a teaching which invites demons in your life. Which, which teaching are we following? (sighs) 
immediately his fame went abroad. So it's important to do three things. Let's go back to Numbers chapter 25. Three attitudes we need to have. Numbers chapter 25 and Numbers chapter 31 verse 1 onwards. So we'll do look at the first. 35 verses 16 uh, onwards now. Sixteen to eighteen, and Numbers chapter thirty-one, verses one hundred. Then the Lord spake to Moses, saying, "What? Numbers chapter twenty-five, bro? Twenty-five? It's not thirty-five. Twenty-five. <clears throat> I'll take a break. Three things." Then the Lord spake to Moses saying, harass the Midianites. Then attack them. Two things. Harass the Midianites. What does Midian means? Strife. Harass means don't allow strife and pride to come into your life. First thing. Second thing he says, vex. Attack. In other words, edge pride in you. What you should do? I'll tell you how, how you attack pride in, pride in you. Come under authority. First Peter chapter 5 verse 5 onwards. First 5 onwards. Okay. Likewise, you younger people, submit. You know what you should ask God for? A spirit of, oh boy, my dear brothers and sisters, ask for it. You know, people will mistake you. It is, if you are, if your submission is being mistaken by a lot of people, let them mistake. They, they're misunderstood. I mean, if there is, if it's being misunderstood by a lot of people, let them misunderstand. Don't worry. You err on the side of, what? You err on the side of safety. Safe, safe place to be, humble space. Hum, humility is the blessed policy. Okay. Submit yourselves to your elders yet yes all of you be clothed with humility by submiss- being submissive to one another for God resists the proud and gives gifts to the humble therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time and then how do you do it casting all your cares upon you for he cares see how do you how do you humble yourself by casting all your cares. Now, I'll tell you what. If I submit to this brother or this person or this pastor, maybe he will take advantage of me. Brother, you will be taken advantage of. How much of advantage was Jesus taken of? Uh, everything. Be taken advantage of. What's the big deal? That's what it says. Paul says, you are taking your brother to your, to another brother to court, rather suffer loss. Brother, you are the, Sammy, you are the only fellow who is doing everything. Nobody helps you. Run for your life from those people.
a privilege to serve God. Don't let anybody steal your crown. Okay? <laughs> if it's somebody else's business, give it to them also. Okay? Don't, don't, don't take everything for yourself also at the same time. <laughs> okay. You understand? Harass, vex. For they harassed you with, go back to Numbers chapter 25. With their, what should you harass and vex? They harassed you with their what? Wiles, ah! Schemes! So you vex and harass their schemes. 2nd Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11. What does it say? Let Satan take advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his wiles, devices, schemes. Put on the whole armor of God so that you can withstand the schemes. Schema. Actually, that's the word. Schema. Schema means schemes. Vex and harass the schemes of the devil. How do you do that? Don't give space to sentiment. I must suffer. I must suffer loss. Matthew chapter 16. Are we there? <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> exactly. I'll tell you the exact verse. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 21 onwards. 21 onwards. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Far be it from you, law. This shall not happen to you. And what should you say? And turned aside. Get thee behind. Get thee behind me. I know your wiles. You're taking me away from the path of suffering. You know what? What is a wile? What is a scheme? Anything which takes you away from the path of discipleship and suffering is a scheme. Which anything which promises you comfort in this world is a scheme. Anything which draws you away into the cares and riches and the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of this world and chokes the word of God in your life is a scheme of the devil. Which takes away the zeal for God's God's house and God's word and God's purposes in your life is a scheme of the devil. What does God say? Has and vex the schemes. How? By becoming a disciple. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. And then he says... If you want to destroy the schemes of the devil, it says, next verse, ever, whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. That means you should love Jesus more than anything. 
anything. That is how you desire. That is how you destroy and vex and harass the schemes of the devil in your life. The ruler of this world has come to me and he has found what? Nothing inside me. Because I know there is nothing for me to get deceived with now from the devil. Schemes. How do you do that? Verse 26. For what profit is it a man who gains the whole world but loses his own soul? That means put your eyes on eternal things. See if this decision that I am taking is going to profit me in eternity and not in this life only. If anything promises you riches in this life, it is what we call as a scheme of the devil. Vex and harass those things. So what do you do first? Harris, vex the schemes. Next one, go to Numbers chapter 31 and verse 1 and 2. I like this. <laughs> one last uh, mission for Moses. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, take vengeance on the Midianites for the children of Israel afterwards. You shall be gathered to your people. First, vex them, harass them, take Vengeance on them. Now we'll go to Second Corinthians chapter ten, verses four to five. Post four to six. Chapter ten, sorry, not chapter four. Chapter ten, verses four to six. Second Corinthians chapter ten, verses. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, heighting that exiles itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into thought, uh, every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, this is exactly what Phineas is doing, and being ready to punish all disobedience or vengeance on all disobedience, until your vengeance or your obedience is fulfilled. You know what? Go to your sin with a vengeance and attack it. Second Corinthians chapter 7, verse 11 onwards. Verse 11. Okay, oh, actually verse 10. Verse 10 and 11. For godly sorrow leads to repentance. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, Sorry, pray, then pray, seek my face, and turn. What is turning? Repentance. For godly sorrow produces repentance, what? Leading to salvation, not to be regarded, regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. And verse 11, for observe this very thing that you sorrowed in a godly manner. What diligence. Actually, you have the KJV? Yeah, okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. Okay, you can, you can, you can, you can, you can do that. You can, maybe KJV, yeah. Maybe KJV is fantastic. What, what carefulness it wrought in you. What clearing of yourselves. What indignation. What fear. What vehement desire. What zeal. What revenge. In all things you have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter. That is vengeance. You know what vengeance is? Meaning you deal with iniquity in your life. What is your iniquity? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Zacchaeus? Lord! Half my goods I give to the poor. Bah! 
Okay. And if I have taken anything wrongly from anybody, I would restore it how many times? Four times. By the end of the time, if your bank balance is zero, no problem, God. No problem. I'm ready to pay the price because I want to deal with my sin with a what? Vengeance. And what should I take vengeance on? Strife. Take vengeance on what? The Midianites. What is Midian? Strife. Take vengeance on pride, my dear brothers and sisters. Pride. I mean, my goodness, what is pride? Lord, give me a submissive spirit. And that it doesn't submission and servility are two different things. Lot of people are like this, survive, they walk like this, they think that their posture is going to fool God. Or and fool them also. They're fooled by their posture. You should be upright and blameless. You should walk with your head held high. You know why? Because your conscience is clear with God and man. But you have a humble heart. Because your presence of God is in your heart. And why, why do you have the presence of God? To this person I look and I dwell with, I, I, the, I the Lord who dwells in eternity in a high and a lofty place, I also dwell with a man who's got a humble and a contrite spirit. Are we ready? And if you do these four things, what will happen? You will not only stay the plague or kick the plague out, you will also guard yourself so that the plague will never come back to you again. You know, pride is our leading cause for deception. You know what? Satan is so proud and therefore he's so deceived. He's so deceived that he deceives others and he's himself continuously getting deceived. He's so deceived that one day he can defeat God. That's what he thinks. That is the reason why in the last days, people Evil people will go wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. It's just because they're being deceiving others, they think, "Oh, I'm I'm okay. I'm deceiving others." You fellow, you are getting deceived. You move, you fool. You don't understand that. So, how many here want to be a Phineas? And how many who are listening online want to be a Phineas? One man, one man, when he saw, he was in the midst of a compromised congregation, but he said, you know what? He had the zeal of God. And God says, I'm going to make an everlasting covenant with you. And that act that he took is called what? It was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham believed in God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Phineas killed sin and it was credited him as righteousness. And one man who has got the 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 what do you see the, the tenacity and the and the and the the word for bravery, I'm not sure what exactly he's got that spirit of he's brave, he's he's willing to be the one person. He's got the zeal for God, and he's got the zeal of God. And he can be that one. We can be that one church, my dear brothers and sisters, who have the zeal for God. And we have the zeal of God. And we can be a person. People will stand in the midst of compromised Christendom and a compromised leadership maybe. We can take a stand and stay the plague. Will we be that part of the Phineas generation?
a priesthood after Phineas. A mouth of brass and a heart of gold. Let's pray. <sighs> Let's take a few minutes to ask God to burn his word into the deepmost parts of our inner man. Father, have mercy upon us, Lord. When we have only zeal for God and we don't have the zeal of God. Our zeal is all emotional but not backed up by truth. Have mercy. Father, we pray by the end of these days of seeking your face is over. You will find in this church not just one Beginning with me, Lord, a bunch of people who will have the zeal of God and who will be willing to take a stand in the midst of a compromised and a perverse generation and even a perverse and a compromised Christendom. Not be afraid to take the spear. Not be ruthless with the sin in their own life. They will confront and judge themselves severely. Their hearts will be broken for their sin. And for the sin in the church. So that Lord you can stay the plague. May you find a set of people here in this church and even among those who were listening to us. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.